It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back. Settle in and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. How you doing, Heather Shoemaker? I am doing great. It's been a long time. Yeah, but here on the here on the podcast, it's uh, you know time has no relevance because podcasts live forever in people's ears. Right. So do. and the ideas live forever too. They're kind of evergreen with all. Every time there's a new two year old or a new four year old, there's there's new questions about it all. That's right. And so we're going to jump into some sharing top the hot topic of sharing because uh, you get some some nuanced thoughts on sharing? Is that where we're going? Where are we going to jump in? Yeah, well, let's start with just a, a quick overview of the basic ideas in the book, It's Okay Not to Share, which has a f- couple chapters on sharing itself, naturally. And I think what I love about the renegade ideas of sharing is that it's so simple a two-year-old can get it. It takes adults a little bit longer, perhaps, um, to swallow that this is a good idea, but kids get it right away because it's easy, it's simple, it makes sense. And the whole gist of the idea is wait until a child is done with what yeah. they're doing. That's it. <laughs> that doesn't sound complicated at all. You got it, right? <laughs> no, um, adults can get it. Um, kids can get it right off the bat. The, the trouble that adults have is they don't believe it. And so it takes a while. And then the adults think, well, if I do that, if I let a kid just hold on to something that she's busy playing with for as long as she wants, you know how long that would be? <laughs> I mean, I I think, mean it, yeah. it might be eight seconds and it might be eight weeks. Exactly. Exactly. So it could literally be weeks, uh, months or seconds. Well, Heather, I, I, I feel that adults often, we, f- we have this need to make things more complicated than they need to be or are sometimes. We can't, yeah. we can't accept things being easy. Well, and also we like to put things in our view of time and in our view of what a, a box is and a regulated life and what a good day is and everybody being happy. And, sure. and so we're so busy th- seeing the world through our own viewpoint that we forget that there's a lot of valid viewpoints, including when you're three years old and you're busy putting blocks in a box. Well, maybe you have a lot of blocks, but you need all of them for whatever you're doing there. We have a sense of that's too much. You've had it too long. I'm going to set the timer for five minutes, all those sorts of reactions that we have, and we get all bent out of shape. So the very simple concept, let the child decide now, okay, it might be lunchtime. It might be nap time. There's, you can say things like, I see you're still busy playing with those blocks, but it's time to have a nap soon. So we'll put a, maybe there's other kids, you could put a sign on it saying, save for Abby. You can come right back to this after nap or right back to this after lunch or whatever the interruption is. 
but you can still go back. There's a sense of trust that you're going right back to, to what you were doing. And this gets us out of the role of being referee. You know, I think um, so much of the gray hair and the, the angst that, that adults bring on themselves is just trying to be judge and jury and referee for every little um, squabble that the kids might squawk about. So if you have something like this that's just in place, you don't have to be that judge and jury all the time. It really makes your life a lot easier. Well, sure. I mean, it frees up time for coffee and, and watching cat videos on the internet and those kind of things. So it's well, great. All right. Whatever is important, exactly. Or cats drinking coffee or whatever it might be. <laughs> I saw a calendar of cat yoga the other day and goats in trees. I thought, well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's a wonderful world. A wonderful, a wonderful world, world out there. there. Um, but besides the basic idea of, of renegade sharing and that it's not forced turn-taking, it's child-directed turn-taking, is that um, there can be some some nuances to all this. And people who practice this find it's very easy to get the hang of it. And then they start saying, but what about this? And what about that? So I just wanted to share a scenario that came up the other day um, from a, a family that wrote to me. And they just said, look, we love these ideas. Um, it's honestly changed my days with my children completely, all this stuff about sharing. Uh, but her two girls have um, big fondness for Legos. And they're two and a half and four, so not that far apart in age. And they're playing with the Duplo Legos and finding that um, what the sharing nuance she was encountering is that it's hard to say that only one kid can play with the entire set of Legos at one time and then fights breaking out between the kids over um, who gets which Legos, you know, maybe the yellow ones or the square ones, or even if kids can, um, would let the sister build on the structure that she's already building, you know, is that mine, that territory. Um, so there's, there's lots of little angles to sharing. And to me, it's, it's really the same sort of ideas. It doesn't have to be too complicated. So if you have a group object, maybe it's the sofa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe it's a pile of Legos. Maybe it's all the, um, sticks in the forest that you're walking through you know there's some group items in the world and you have to be prepared to say um you know the trees are for everyone <laughs> maybe you want to stand by this tree and that's your tree but there's some things that are that are group items and it's not always obvious to the adult which ones can be sort of designated a group item um, maybe there's enough sofas in your house that everybody can have their own sofa that's not true in my house <laughs> There's one sofa. So if there's items that have to be declared a group item, then you got to kind of navigate that and figure out what those are. In this case, I would I would call the Legos a group item. Um, and that if everybody's playing with Legos at the same time, there is you can dump them all out and you can play with the ones that you put on your structure. Um, but ask the kids what's wrong. It doesn't have to be you deciding it. You can say to the kids, um, Gosh, that makes you mad when she took that blue Lego. What's you know what's going on? Find out what the deal is because maybe it's not the fact it was the blue Lego. Maybe it's something that the sister did to her an hour ago that she's mad at or something. You don't really know till you ask. 
is there is there a place in those situations for just kind of sitting back and biting your tongue for a little while and letting them sort it out? Well, I think if kids have a sense that they're basically in a safe place and the adults around them will stand up for their rights, that, yeah, they can have quite a lot of latitude to, to figure some things out on their own. And sometimes they'll ask for help or sometimes their body language will ask sure. for help. So, yeah, you don't have to decide and, and get every letter of the law um, spelled out. Sometimes you can just, if they basically know they can use something till they're done with it, and they're having trouble figuring that out, then then ask them, okay, what did she do that you don't like? Let, let's figure this out. As a huge lover of blocks, I'd also I'd also uh, opt for more more blocks in the collection too, um, because that makes it a little bit a little bit easier for the uh, the sharing to happen if there happens to be three times as many blocks as you think you need. Because yeah. we adults um, have a we, sense of abundance that kids don't necessarily share. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, overabundance of certain things. And, you know, um, you have to decide what those are, but blocks tends to be a good one. <laughs> so what other nuances are there to sharing? Well, I think a lot of times it's, it's things about what I would call group items. Sometimes it's sharing space, um, like who can be under the climber? Um, who can sit on the sofa? Who can be standing next to my tree? There's sort of things that you haven't really thought of before that the kids will come up with. They're really ideas of control and trust and friendship and exploring all these risks. A lot of times it has to do with social relationships, not so much about the object in question as what boundaries can I set on somebody else? And will they listen to them? And will I feel safe? And so it's really no different than a lot of things that come up between young kids. Uh, but we, we sometimes forget to ask those scary questions. What's going to happen if he comes in under the climber with you? You know, what's he going to do that you don't like? Well, find out, ask these questions and treat it like any other basic conflict. How do we, how do we figure out what, what are the group items and what aren't? Is that something we do uh, ahead of time or is that just something that evolves over time? Or I'm thinking about like the dog. <laughs> is, that a, is that a group communal family thing that every, uh, you know, what's, what's going on there, Heather? Yeah, I think animals is an interesting one. No, the quick answer is we're born with this knowledge, Jeff. Of course, we know exactly all the answers right away. <laughs> Um, no, it's an, it can take us a time to figure it out. It depends on the kids that you interact with. Sometimes it, it won't really come up. Um, but the dog is an interesting one because sometimes kids want to um, either love the dog a lot or show control over the dog. And the dog, of course, is, quote, its own person. <laughs> it, the dog has its own idea of who it's going to sit with and who it's not going to sit with. Yeah, it does. I, I had this experience the other night. The, uh, the dog was paying attention to my wife when I thought the dog should be paying attention to me because, I mean, I'm delightful. Um, but, uh, but he didn't seem to think so at the moment. And so I'm, I'm sitting there jealous, waiting for her to be, be done with the dog because I remember the renegade rules. And it was, it was so hard to be patient and wait my turn that I was kind of hoping that I would, I, I could, I'd have this decree from Heather Shoemaker that, uh, that dog dogs were community property. Ah, I see. 
Well, yeah. Certainly that's and, not happening. Facing that rejection too, the dog's rejection. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It was it's tough, hard. especially since I'm the one that picks up most of the most of the poop and uh, and that kind yeah. of stuff. I, I just felt yeah. slighted. So Heather, I was thinking about this while you're talking. I've been I've been thinking a lot lately about power play, where kids play at being powerful or demonstrate their their skills and ability, how 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 fast they can run, how strong they are, those kind of things. Um, because we we as humans we're we're really interested in power, and so um, power play, superhero play, weapons play, rough and tumble play. But I think sharing in itself can often turn into some sort of of power play as well, because a lot of times if you're the one in possession of all of the sticks in the forest or the dog or the Duplos, um, it's a very powerful position to be in. And so uh, kids, we, we you'll find that they they play at sometimes grasping onto this power for as long as they can or manipulating it because it's part of them just learning to understand the world, but also their place and power dynamics and all those kind of things. Huh? Oh yeah. There's a lot of, there's power in so many aspects of, of, of young children's lives and, and, and us older people too. And it really comes in and sharing. And sometimes a, an adult will look on a child who's just holding the ball and not throwing it to anybody, not rolling it, not bouncing it, not even smiling, just holding the ball with kind of a fierce protective grip. Um, and, you know, that's okay, too. If that kid is having a need for that power and control over the ball more than the need to interact with the other kids who are wanting to play with the ball, that's the need that has to be answered in, um, right now. And there can be other ways for that child to find power, but maybe that's not the right moment. Yeah. So when they need to interact with the other kids and need to have a, a different kind of need met, they'll drop the ball or they'll throw the ball. But at that moment, there may be a stronger need to have that, that complete control. Yeah, yeah. And you'll be disappointed when everybody eventually wanders off and does something else much more interesting. <laughs> Hey, I still got the ball and everybody else is on the other side of the playground doing something else. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, and, and I mean, it's very unlikely that child who, who needs to feel powerful with the ball um, at age three is still going to be holding on to it when they're 15. I mean, it, it, especially if they've had chances to explore that. Sure, sure. Right. And if, if they've still never been able to hold the ball all by themselves without somebody bothering them, if it's always being, oh, share with your friend, then yeah, maybe at 15, they will be hugging the ball still. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think the renegade rule for sharing is, is really conducive to helping kids learn about power and being, feeling powerful and feeling in control. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's many many angles to it, and and when I ask adults what has to be in place before you're willing to share with somebody, one of the words that first comes up is trust, which is of course has a lot of angles to it. But kids are learning about trust. They're learning what will happen if I do this. Will I? Can I trust this person um, to wait until I'm done? Can I trust that if I give it to them, it'll come back in the same condition or that they'll remember I exist at all? There's so many different levels of trust and sharing explores so many of them. So if you're in doubt with the basic rules about renegade sharing, which is let the child wait till she's done, child-directed turn-taking, um, think about whether it's 
uh, a group item, you know, <laughs> whether it's the dog or the tree fort or something. This is um, maybe you have rules that works best in your center or your family that the tree fort is open to everybody. But here's a space. If you want to have a space all to yourself that's kind of hidden and private, here's a blanket you can drape over a card table to make a little fort all, all to yourself. But the wooden tree fort is for all the kids I can't limit who's going in and out of there, that sort of thing. You have to sometimes realize it's a problem before you decide what's group and what's not. And maybe the kids help you decide this. It's not necessarily a decree from on high, but there's almost always a way of looking at a sharing dispute and figuring out, um, well, what's the real issue here? And, and how can we just keep with that simple, simple message? You can have it till you're done. There we go. That 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 good. That's good. That's so good. go forth and share or not. Hey, people! If you need more Heather Shoemaker, check out heatherschoemaker.com. We'll be back with another episode sometime. From time to time. Could this be eight been, seconds. Could be eight weeks. Yeah. Who knows? This has been Renegade Rules. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.